Hey, welcome to the Project Church Podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. We get the opportunity today to talk to you about legacy, and you know what our qualification is, right, for us to do that? We're old. That's our qualification. Caleb is over at Streamline right now, but he was in first service and introduced us, and he said that uh, I've been that I've been in ministry for forty over forty years, and that the actual number is forty five full time ministry for forty five years. And we've been married for over 40, and the actual number is 43. This is my bride of 43 years. And so far, the worship experience has just been fire today, right? Fire worship, Chrissy, fire announcements, great job. And now the pressure's on. Is it going to be a fire message? But uh, some of you, you know, don't. Get to see all our family all the time. We do have four children. Caleb is the oldest of four, so here they are, all of them. So that was taken a couple years back uh, at Christmas time in the snow. But Luke is the second oldest on the left. Britton, the brunette, is the third oldest. And the baby is Kate. And uh, they are our, our pride and joy until we had grandkids, then now the grandkids are our pride and joy. And we have eight grandkids, but this is the whole family. Before we, we had six grandkids in this picture, as you can see, now we have eight. So that's a couple years old, but that's the spouses and everyone. So uh, we've been blessed. And that qualifies us to talk about legacy a little bit, a little bit too. So baby, you mentioned that We've been married 43 years, and yes. that means that we're getting older. 43, it's just been bliss, 43 years yeah, of bliss. Yeah. and uh-huh. Yes, um, but you know, there are, some, <laughs> there are some amazing things about getting older. It's a lot of positive. One of the things that I love so much about aging is that I can tell my deepest secrets to my friends and trust them with them, because they won't remember them either. <laughs> and I, I just noticed that the countdown clock isn't moving, and it may help Uh-oh. us if it was, right? There it there goes. You go. Well, gave us a few extra minutes, so we, we can take our liberty now. Well, let's look at the topic of legacy. We're going to give you a definition right now, and our definition of legacy is this. The impact we make on the lives of others and the mark we leave on this world. So legacy is exactly that. It's about impact. It's about influence. Impact, I would say those two things, impact and influence. So legacy is something that we leave, something that is passed on. And I heard a story about what became known as the shortest will in history. The family gathered, and they were all anxious to see, you know, what was in the will, what were the designations going to be. And when the will was opened, 
It said this, being of sound mind, I spent it all. (laughs) Now that was not what they were hoping to find in the will. That is not leaving a really good legacy, but legacy isn't really, it's not about leaving things. It's not about the size of our, the square footage of our house or the car, the car we drive or the size of our bank account, but it is about impact and influence. And there's a lot of ways that we can impact and influence. A legacy is a lasting impact on the world. It's a gift that is passed down even through generations. Your legacy will not only affect the your immediate family, but it will affect families for generations to come. So here's the other really interesting observation about legacy. You are going to leave a legacy. One way or another. The question is, what kind of legacy are you going to leave? It's not a choice. It's a, something that will happen. It just happens over the course of life. So we all leave some kind of legacy. The kind of legacy you leave, it's really up to you. So that's the challenge we want, we want to leave with you, you today. Ask yourself, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? What kind of legacy am I, am I leaving So here's our first point. Legacy and history are not the same. Your past does not dictate your future. I know there are people in this room and you're going, man, I have regrets. I have failures. I have dysfunction in my past, in my family, over the generations. Sometimes we refer to them as generational curses. Maybe you, I talked to someone right after first service and they go, you know, I don't have that. That legacy was not passed down to me. I have come from a family of dysfunction and, and from uh, a place of wound and hurt. I don't have that. That is okay. I mean, I understand that, but you have an opportunity to do something different, to break those generational curses. You have an opportunity to flip the script, so to say. The question isn't what's in your past, what are your mistakes, what are your failures, what are your dysfunctions? If you have all that, welcome to the human race. We all do, every one of us in this room, have things that we're not proud of, things that have happened or past, things we have done, things we have said, people we have wounded, people we have hurt. We've made mistakes. We've had failures. We all, like I said, welcome to the human race. The question isn't what happens in your past. The question is, what are you going to do going forward to change the narrative, maybe, that has existed in your life and in your family? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old passed away. Behold, The new has come. That's what we're talking about, especially in the family of faith, especially as followers of Christ. We have an incredible opportunity to leave the past behind. When we come into relationship with Christ, when we make him the Lord of our lives and and he's our savior, what happens to the past? It's gone. It's covered. 
We're covered in his righteousness. We're not covered in our own. It's not because of who we are, what we've done. It's because of who he is and what he's done for us. We have that wonderful gift of salvation and we get to be clothed in a robe of righteousness. Again, not because of who we are, because of what we've done, but because of who he is. It's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. If you haven't made that choice yet, you can do that today. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The past is behind us. Who can change the past? Any of us? Do any of us have the power in here to, to we wish you could travel back in time. If, if I had a superpower, you know, that might be a good one. The, the ability to travel back in time. You could change the course of history if you could travel back in time. But we haven't discovered that time machine yet, unfortunately. And we can't do that. We can't change our past. We can't go back in time. But the future is before us. We don't know what the future holds. I mean, we just came through a, a few years of turmoil in our, in our world, in our country. You know, all that's gone on. The pandemic and politics and everything that's gone on over the past few years. It's crazy. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what the future might bring. But we have the opportunity to live fully present in the now. The question is, what are we doing with the time we have right now? Are we loving, serving, giving of our time, end of our presence? A P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, presence. Wednesday's presence night. We're not giving out presents, gifts. No, that's Chris, that's Santa Claus. Presence. We're giving, we're, we're giving of our time and our presence and our love. Mindful of the past. We, can, we need to be aware of the past. We can learn, right, from our mistakes. We can learn from the things we've done wrong, and we can determine to do it different going forward. Mindful of the past, intentional about the future. The thing about the past is that we know we cannot change it. And there are some things that will happen in our future that we will not have control over. But there are many decisions that we make on a daily basis that will determine the course or the trajectory of our life and the legacy that we leave. I think sometimes as people, we can become a little preoccupied with the past and things that happen, mistakes, words that were spoken, whatever it may be. Sometimes it's that the past was really good. You know, the good old days, that can be a detriment as well. We can also get preoccupied with the future and what's coming and looking forward to that next season. Moms, can I say sometimes even with our kids, we're so excited about the next step in junior high and high school and college and suddenly we blink our eyes and they're gone. Mm. They may not ever live in our home again. So I wanna encourage you as we build legacy that we live fully present in this moment. This is where God has placed us. What he has put in your hand, do it diligently because every day you're establishing your legacy. And Randy mentioned it, it doesn't matter the legacy that we have been given or not given. 
What does matter is the legacy that we choose to leave for our children, for our friends. How will people remember us? One of the things that building a legacy requires is intention. Legacy doesn't just happen. It requires us being intentional. The Bible talks a lot about legacy. Proverbs 13, 22 says this, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Now, I want you to notice two things. The first thing is, it's a good man that leaves it. It's not just a man. It's a good man. And we don't just become good men and good women. That requires some intention on our part. And the second thing I notice and love about this verse is that it is the inheritance or the legacy which can be used here because inheritance isn't, we're not talking monetary because those things will fade. But we're talking about things that will last like kindness and goodness and faith and patience and time and generosity, all of those things. But a good man leaves this inheritance to his children's children. So we're not living just for us. We're not even living just for our children. We're living for our children's children. And if you don't have children, I think this verse applies to living for the people that God has put in our lives, that it's never just about us. Every decision we make will impact someone. It's not just about our own lives. Um, Randy mentioned that we have been married for 43 years. That's a long time, guys. Uh, for anyone else been married that long in this room? Oh, they're the... So I see some dear friends on the second row, and I've watched them walk out marriage for over 40 We've years. We've known them for 40-plus years. And they have years. modeled love and faithfulness in all of those years, yes. and their beautiful daughter, Bella. But it's, it's a lot of decades under our belt, and it doesn't just happen a good marriage and a good, a great legacy that we leave. It's intention, it's hard work, it's perseverance, it's, man, it's tilling the ground sometimes, determination. And, um, you know, I was thinking today, babe, I came across a few things in my Bible that were just things that I think I've been reminded of, and I I've, haven't taken it, them out of my Bible in a couple decades that have helped me with marriage, and one of them, so this is a little marriage tidbit. This isn't in the notes, but guys, and this is for all relationship, look at your own part first. You know, it's so easy sometimes to look at the other person and their responsibility, but look at your part first. Um, Avoid those mental replays. We're pretty good at those, aren't we? You ever play it again and again and again? The other thing we need to do is evaluate the expectations that we have in our relationships. So, story. We've been married 43 years. We were engaged for a couple of months, but we met. We had our first date November 1st. We were engaged before Christmas married in March. That is not Don't ever marriage. do that. That is not marriage Kanan, advice. Canaan was sitting in the front row for service. He's turning 12 next, this month. Yeah, this end of the month. And 
She said, Canaan, don't ever do what we did. Yeah, d don't ever do this that. This is not marital advice, okay? But it, it, it all happened very quickly. And she's going and off the notes. I'm getting a little scared right yeah, now. I don't yeah. know where we're going so, with this. Um, but, you know, we, we had a great honeymoon. And I went into marriage with expectations, right? You, we waited for marriage. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, because but, yeah. we had a really... Like you yes. said, we dated six That's weeks and we got did, married yeah, three months. Right, we waited. Right. right. It was Didn't like, have to wait long, but babe, we waited. Babe, we got to do this fast. This is, yeah. So, um, we that, got... We didn't do it with that in mind, but... No. Well, worked, I didn't do that. turned out that, that way, yeah. I didn't have that in my mind. But we got married the end of March and... My father-in-law and my husband planned our honeymoon. So if you know my father-in-law, of course you know he planned my honeymoon. Um, he's no longer with us. I love you so but much. But he's very practical. Yes, he was very practical. Yes. So the first week of our honeymoon, about eight days, we went to Park City, Utah, skiing. Beautiful, right? Please note awesome. that I do not ski. <laughs> Just tuck that in the... But we thought the, it'd be good for you to learn. Tuck that in the back of your mind. So I'm going on this honeymoon, and I had this idea and these expectations of what it would be like. And my husband, we ride up the chairlift, our very first run, and he goes down the black diamond. He says, I'll see you at the bottom. So I like, you know, somehow find my way to the bottom of the bunny hill. And this is how we spent eight days of our honeymoon. Now, I want you to know that when you go we down... We rode the, the chairlift. All right. Together. That's right, we did, if I could find you. But I had some expectations. And that really wasn't what I expected. The problem was I did not communicate to Randy what my expectations were. They were unshared expectations, and they were unmet. But he didn't know, and I wanted to be a good sport and a good wife. And it was, yeah, see you at the bottom, babe. And it was kind of sad and, and lonely. And the other thing is when you ski Black Diamond runs all day, you're very tired when you get to your room. I wasn't that tired. You were kind of tired. <laughs> And when you ski the bunny hill, you have not exerted much energy. And you are not tired. So anyway, this is where I probably but need But you're to... my bunny, honey, so... Oh, yeah. Anyway. That just came to me. I don't... But I remember we did that, and then... Did I happen to say that the final days of our honeymoon were spent in Orange County at the Robert Schuller School of Church Growth with my in-laws. It was romantic. It was a blessing. It was, um, we were blessed. So, you know, we got married and then, I don't know, we, 43 years later, we stand before you more in love than we were then. We had four kids. I don't know how that happened. We never, <laughs> well, I mean, I do. But I mean, we never I, talked about having children and you have met my expectations, but there were moments along the way. So anyway, this is not part of the message. Marriage, um, yeah, be a good communicator. Okay. Um, I'm so sorry. Can we get back to the notes? We... 
I feel like I'm getting, I'm in the hot seat here. Okay, so legacy requires intention, you guys. Whatever you do, legacy is not about those big monetary things. Legacy is about intangible gifts that you leave. Your presence, your generosity, your kindness, your patience, your understanding, the time that you set aside, your service, your love, the way you respected, the way you honored. That's what we want to leave behind us. And the thing is, you guys, we are establishing our legacy not just through those monumental decisions. The biggest decision I ever made was to say yes to Jesus. I was nine years old, and that's the greatest and best decision I've ever made in my life, the most monumental. The second one was marrying this man of integrity and patience. But the legacy that we are building together now is not just in those big monumental things. Sometimes it's in the everyday minutia of life the decisions, the choices that you make on a daily basis that you're establishing the legacy that you will leave. Yeah, it's interesting in life. There are three major decisions that will affect us more than anything else. And they are, number one, who you will serve, who you will worship. Because you're going to worship somebody. You're going to worship God or you're going to worship man and you're going to worship idols. So who will you serve? Who will you, will you marry? Who will you spend your life with, companionship? And what you will do with your life, a career choice. Three of the biggest choices you will make in life. Boy, we need to make those with intention. We need to be very careful when we make those decisions. We shouldn't rush into a decision about marriage <laughs> like we did. <laughs> Don't recommend it, but Obviously, it worked out all right. Does that mean that our marriage was just smooth as silk, never ups and downs, never challenges, never valleys, mountaintops? It was all of that. It, it was, it, of course, it was a roller coaster time. We, we, I obviously did, didn't ski all the time because uh, we had four kids, six and under, at one point. So... She will say, I'm not sure how that happened. And I will say, me either. <laughs> I'm not sure how that happened. Babe, you know how it happened. Oh, well, that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Was it always easy? Always just fun and games and good times? Absolutely not. My dad passed away now. It's about 11 years ago. And when he passed, my parents had been, already been married 57 years. My mom's still living. She turned 90 this year. But someone asked him, after being married well over 50 years, you know, what's your advice? What's the secret to be, being married that long? And he had a really deep, profound, deeply theological answer to that question that really impacted me. Are you ready? This is what he said. Don't get a divorce. I mean, it sounds facetious, like you're joking, right? Actually, he wasn't. 
He wasn't joking. What he was saying was that was not on the table. That was never an option. Did, did, was their marriage always easy and fun and fulfilling? I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure they had their challenges, their ups and downs, their valleys. But the point was this. You don't, you just take that off the table. That is not an option. And your inheritance, or, or I should say your, your legacy is a gift that goes beyond monetary value. It, it's a committing to others. It's a committing to one another. It, it's a serving others through the good times and the bad times. It's a serving a, a spouse through the good times and the bad times. And I've said this many, many times. Let this be an encouragement for you today. Marriage is not so much finding the right person as it is being the right person. Let that one sink in. You know, we're quick to point the finger. We're quick to blame them. Oh, they're not meeting my needs. Oh, I'm not happy. I deserve to be happy. Are you the type of spouse that you would want to be married to? Ask yourself that question. Are you the type of spouse that is loving and caring and serving and meeting needs? So we live not just for today, but with concern for the future, our children and our children's children. Legacy is not about the length of our lives, but it's about the depth of our impact. And the choices that we make now will impact others long after we're gone. You see, we're closer to leaving a legacy today than we were yesterday. Each one of us. Proverbs 22.1 says that a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. That favor is better than silver and gold. Yeah, can you buy a good name? Can you purchase that? Absolutely not. That talks about our character, our integrity. That talks about that, kind, that part of the legacy that we're leaving behind. There's a concept that's known as the dash between the dates. I want to give you an image right now. If you look at a, <laughs> this sounds a little bit morbid maybe, but if you look at a tombstone, you'll always see a date of birth, a date of death, in between those dates is a dash. That dash is your legacy. It's just this teeny little dash. That's all it is. But that represents the totality of a life lived. Everything that happened between that, that date of birth and that date of death, the question is, what does that dash look like? What does that dash look like in my life? What does that dash look like in your life? The dash between the dates, we need to be mindful of that dash. All of us have an expiration date, unfortunately. You know, actually from the moment we breathe our, our first death, we have an expiration date. We don't know what that expiration date's gonna be. A lot of things that happen in life and, and that you experience in life, they're not going to matter when that expiration date happens. 
You know, the car you drove, the square footage of your house, the size of your bank account, how many followers you had on Instagram, those things are not going to be nearly as significant as the quality of your character and how that dash looks on your tombstone. What will matter is the legacy that you leave. Tim McGraw in 2004 released an album. I know any country music fans in the room? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, it was titled Live Like You Were Dying. And it had the title cut from the album was number one on the charts, the country music charts in 2004. What you may not know is that album was a tribute to Tim McGraw's father, Tug McGraw. Tug McGraw was a major league baseball player. He had a 19-year career in Major League Baseball as a pitcher with two organizations, the Mets and the Phillies. At the age of 59, this was in 2003, Tug McGraw found out that he had a brain tumor, inoperable brain tumor. At the point of the diagnosis, they gave him three weeks to live. He was 58 years old. He ended up surviving for another nine months. And apparently during those nine months... Tug McGraw had the opportunity to pour his life out into his family, into his friends. Now, that inspired Tim McGraw to write, the, the, to put out this album and the song, Live Like You Were Dying. What an incredible challenge for us today. We may not have that kind of an opportunity like Tug McGraw. He knew his days were numbered. The reality is, everyone in this room, our days are numbered. We should live each day like we're dying. I want to encourage you and challenge you with that thought today. As Tug McGraw had that opportunity to pour his life out into others, and obviously he had poured his life out into others even prior to that diagnosis, diagnosis uh, but in 2004 he passed away and in later that year Tim McGraw released that album with that title live like you were dying what incredible opportunity we have the truth of the matter is we all have that opportunity to live like we're dying I want to challenge you to go from this place today with the dash in mind and the opportunity that we all have to invest in those we love. So after 43 years, what does a legacy look like? It looks something like this. We live our lives for him. I live my life for him. I live my life for Chrissy and my kids, but I live my life for them. Every decision I make is impactful. What legacy will you leave? You will leave one. And only you will determine that. And the wonderful thing 
about the opportunities that God gives us is that every day is new and it's fresh. Think about the cycle of life. We work hard all day. We go home, we work hard. And then he affords us these hours for rest, for our spirits, for our souls, for our bodies, for our minds. And then when we awake, there's a brand new day in front of us. It's totally unblemished, untouched. It's a new day. Doesn't matter what was back there. This is our day in front of us, beautiful, clean, pure. What are you gonna do with that day? Because today you are building your legacy. When I look at that picture, I'm mindful of the fact. <laughs> I look at those awesome eight, I'm going to call them. I would give. I would give my life for any one of them in a heartbeat. And the reality is I am. I'm giving my life every day so that I can leave a legacy of hope and love and so that I can have a good name. I want to encourage you to live your life that way as well. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have going forward, regardless of our past, regardless of our failures, our shortcomings, our weaknesses. We have the opportunity going forward to give up our lives, to invest through love and service in others. And I just pray, Lord, that as we first commit our lives to serving you and living for you, that we'd be able to leave that legacy of faith. And secondly, that we'd leave that legacy of love and service to others. Thank you that we have that opportunity, that privilege of doing that going forward. So we commit to serving you, living for you, and living for others. And we'll give you all the glory for that and all the praise for your goodness and your blessings. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.